This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. We interrupt this program to bring you the following message. What if everything you've been told about money was a lie? It's time for the truth. Welcome to Financial Coaching Radio, where cookie-cutter financial advice just doesn't cut it. With your host, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. He's giving it to you straight and pulling back the curtains on the financial advice industry. No hidden agenda and no one-size-fits-all baby steps. Only unbiased, objective help for your entire financial life. Tackling your money questions at 893-1450. And now, here's the host of Financial Coaching Radio, commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. What is up? Welcome to the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out jasonqualscfp.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. If you want to jump in, be a part of the show via email or social media. You can do that at financialcoachingradio.com. You'll find all the links your little heart desires. First up on the Financial Coaching Radio. It's not really the Financial Coaching Radio show, but hey. First up on Financial Coaching Radio today is how to determine how much you should have in your emergency fund. Now, this is not a huge issue. No need to make it very complex because, hey, there are parts of financial planning dealing with taxes and estate planning and, and wealth management that can get quite complex so no need to be too over the top when thinking about an emergency fund the well the sad facts is many people uh, disregard the appropriateness the importance of having the right amount in the emer- their emergency fund they really don't do a very good job of risk management in general let's talk about the foundation of financial planning for just a moment you know, think about a house or any building for that matter. It stands on a you know, solid house, solid building, stands on a solid foundation. A solid financial plan is no different. you got to plan for worst case scenario. I know it's all fun and exciting and sexy to talk about investing and, and stocks and bonds and mutual funds. But without everything in place to ensure that your financial plan will happen, no matter what happens to you or no matter what how hard life hits you in the face, that is extremely important. So one of the foundation blocks of a financial plan, a real financial plan, is an emergency fund, you know, a rainy day fund. We'll call it whatever you want. Now, if something happens, let's just go through a scenario real quick. Let's say you're socking away $1,000 a month into your 401k. Your wife's doing the same. It's all you're doing, and you haven't really thought about, you know, some of the risk management issues like an emergency fund. And your roof needs to be replaced, or your air conditioning unit goes out, or your car blows up, or there's an unexpected medical expense for several thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. What you're forced to do without an emergency fund, even though you and your wife have been very good savers for retirement, saying saving more than $1,000 per month, into a retirement plan now what you have to do is stop saving basically make a withdrawal 
pay taxes, maybe pay penalties or borrow the money from your 401k and your financial plan gets derailed for a little while. But what if before you started saving for retirement, you had $10,000, $20,000 saved in cash accessible for emergencies, then your financial plan would have no need to stop, no need to be derailed. So that's the importance of it. So now to the question, how much does one need in an emergency fund? This is a very subjective question. You got, you know, one financial guy, one radio guy always telling you three to six months of expenses. I don't know about you. The difference between three months of my pay to six months of my pay is pretty substantial. Even if you're making $2,000 a month, that's a $6,000 difference. Do I need $6,000 or do I need $12,000? You with me on that? So, I don't know. 6000 whether it's adequate for you or not, making $2,000 a month, that's for us to determine. Is 12000 Is 10000 better? I don't think it has to be too overly complicated. But we have to make it appropriate for you. So, here's what the things we have to look at. Is your age. Usually, the older you are, the more your living expenses are. So, your age is going to have some factor in determining how much you need in an emergency fund. I don't mind that you use your monthly expenses for the foundation of your your emergency fund. I just don't know how many months you need to have saved up for uh, a rainy day. Some of it's going to be determined by your profession. If you have a very high demand job versus a low demand job, say, say you're a engineer or you know, something that's you, you get fired, laid off, or something happens tomorrow, you can run out and get a job next week. If you're in that high of a demand profession, your emergency fund can be a little less than someone who is self-employed. So for those in a high, high demand profession, I'm cool with three months of expenses. Someone in a not so high demand profession, I think you got to get closer to six months, maybe even longer. If you're self-employed, this is a kicker. What you don't want to be doing as a self-employed person trying to figure out your financial plan. Your financial planning challenges are a lot more difficult when you're self-employed. What you don't want to have happen as a business owner is live out of your cash register. And what I mean by that is not that you have it. You don't have to. Most people don't have cash registers in their business unless it's a retail store. But what I mean by that is you don't want to live out of your bank, your business account. You would be making enough money to pay yourself decently, have money left over in the business to grow your business and expand, but also meet your business expenses. So if you're living out of your cash register or your business account, you're not really leaving anything behind in an emergency situation. You're not really leaving anything behind to grow your business. So as a self-employed person or a business owner, I like one year's worth of expenses. And that's not anything that needs to be very rigid. You could look at it two ways. Hey, let's have a personal emergency fund and let's have a business emergency fund. And that way we can say, well, for my bit, my personal, I'm going to have three months of personal expenses. In my business, I may have six months of business expenses. And all of that added together may be a year's worth of personal expenses. I don't know. But you see how this is tailored to the person specifically. So factors that influence the size of your emergency fund, the couple we've discussed already, your age what you do for a living. Last on the list, and I think one of the most important overlooked things, the greater your wealth, 
the more your wealth grows, the less you need an emergency fund. Now, I'm not talking about um, when I say investable asset, if I, if I haven't said it already, that's what's next on the list. How much you have in investable assets? I'm not really counting your your retirement plans because for the most part, unless it's a Roth, they're inaccessible until you're age 59 and a half or there could be a penalty. Certainly could be taxes on any pre-tax plan. I'm talking about outside of retirement plans, investable assets, regular investment accounts, non-qualified accounts, what some people call them. The higher you have, or the more you have in investable assets, taxable investment accounts, the less you need an emergency fund. And I think about 10% of your total. So if you have $300,000 in um, an invest, in regular investment account, I'm not sure you would need to set aside very much cash other than maybe ten or fifteen thousand dollars. Now you want to have access to cash if you need it, but having a fifty, sixty, seventy-five thousand dollar emergency fund sitting in a cash earning one percent or basically nothing, depending on where you park your money, doesn't seem like a sound financial choice to me. But if you don't have any money in investable assets, the larger your, your emergency fund needs to be. And if you're worried about like market crashes, you, ha- you can do some quick math. Let's think about if you had a $300,000 in your investment account and the market took a dive like it did back in 2008 and it got down to 200000 let's say, you'd still have enough money there for most major emergencies, certainly not to be able, not more than enough to justify hanging on to a substantial part of cash. So those are some of the things to think about. Figuring out what's best for your situation. That's you know, one of my pet peeves in financial planning is people that say, well, you always got to do it this way or you never want to do that or that's bad for everyone or that's always good. Rarely for the general population, maybe, but rarely always and never uh, fits in someone will never fit in someone's financial plan. What I mean by that is what works for me may not work for you. So me saying always or never on certain financial planning related items, this may not be applicable to you or me. So it has to be tailored to your situation. Determine what's right for you, your financial life, through asking questions. How much do I need? How much do I want in an emergency fund? What is it for? Think about your age, what your job is, are you self-employed, and how much you have in outside taxable investments. Those are all factors I would consider in picking the right amount for you to have an, an emergency fund. All right, this is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner. JasonQualsCFP.com for, for all about me. We're taking our first break of the day. Be back at you right after this. Stick around right here on WGNS. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? 
tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. If you're not waking up to the Wake Up Crew, here's what you've been missing. It's an inside joke. You're in on it. You just yeah. You just don't know it. <laughs> Waking you up with news, traffic, weather, and fun. There's no other station but WGNS here in Murfreesboro. It's the most important station in the world. I'm just thinking Universe sounds better. The Wake Up Crew with John, Brian, and Dalton from Infinity and Beyond. In case the aliens have one. Weekday mornings from six until seven fifty here on News Radio WGNS. Donegal offers car and homeowners insurance at rates that are very competitive. So competitive that Donegal's car insurance rates are among the lowest in the state. And if you insure your car and home with Donegal, Donegal will take up to an additional 10% off their already low rates. Donegal, a better value. Let us quote your auto and home and maximize your discounts. Call Middle Tennessee Insurance Group at 615-898-0053. Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio with you every Monday through Friday at 4 o'clock right here on WGNS online anytime at financialcoachingradio.com. Let's talk about bonds. Do you know what a bond is? Not going to go into it today. So if you better know what a bond is or a bond mutual fund. A mutual fund owns, a bond mutual fund will own several hundred, if not several thousand different bonds. But the question I'm wanting to pose today is do you still need bonds in your account now obviously it's a kind of a trick question because it all depends on your unique situation but what is the function of owning bonds a lot of it has to do with portfolio risk minimization and that is a fancy way of saying that we want to make sure that if the crap hits the fan that we don't go down as much as the big bad market so that is the main function for most people at bonds for example Let's think about the last time we had a drastic drop in the stock market. U.S. stocks were down about 40%. Bonds, I think, were up about 5%, going from memory. But let's just make math easy. And so let's say bonds didn't do anything in 2008, where U.S. stocks were down 40%. If you were in a 50-50 portfolio, and just keeping things very simple, then you would be down 50-50, meaning 50% stocks, 50% bonds. You would be down only 20%. So though, if you're, all your buddies were invested in 100% stocks, they'd be down 40. You'd be, you as a 50-50 investor would be down 20. That is the downside protection. But the thing is about owning bonds or any asset class that doesn't do as well as or better than U.S. stocks if you're owning it for risk minimization, is that in the future, when the things are going well, you're not going to have an increase in your portfolio returns as much as you could have. So you protect the downside. The trade-off is you give up some future upside. And the trade-off for the future upside is, is he won't be down as much as anyone else. That's really the role of bonds. Something that doesn't get talked about enough because we haven't had really deflation in this country 
I can't remember the last time. I'm certainly no economist. But one of the things that helps bonds out is deflation. Now, that's, the, that's where prices start to fall because the economy is not doing very well. And that could certainly happen. So that's one of the functions of bonds. But for most people, the role is risk minimization. Keep your money from going all the way down as negative as the average of the U.S. stock market because you have another asset class that may yen when everything else is yanging. The, the sad part about diversification these days, and I don't know if he's accurate here, but I will trust him. Bill Gross, he was the godfather of bond investing. I think he's since retired. He used to run the PIMCO Total Return Bond Fund. He left that fund five, six years ago, maybe longer. And I forgot where he went, but I think he's since retired. He says that historically bonds have been a great add-on to any portfolio because they've returned about 7% over recent decades. Now, that's every type of bond, high yield, you know, just an average what the bonds have been doing. Bill Gross says that yields basically – the interest rates would have to fall really, really low for bonds to do what they've done in the past. Because if interest rates rise, bond prices fall. Interest rates fall, bond prices rise. So I don't think, obviously, we're going to get into a situation where we're in a negative yield situation. So what I'm saying is bond returns will not be like they were in the past. And that's okay because here's the way I do it. I have looked back through history. Uh, every year except for maybe the last two or three the worst 10-year period for the bond asset class is about four percent so if the worst 10-year period ever in bond investing is a return of four percent i'll live with that worst side that doesn't mean that bonds have never lost money it doesn't mean in any one year or two years or three years it just means over the longer term bonds on the worst case scenario have done about four I'll take that because of my downside risk. I mean, if, if I can have some of my, my principal preserved in a market decline by having 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% or whatever of my investment strategy in bonds, I will take that because 4% is not that terrible of a return. And then remember, that's worst case scenario. So I have no idea what interest rates are going to do. I have no idea what inflation is going to do. I don't worry about things I cannot control. And we're not about speculating and market timing on this show because it doesn't work nine times out of, the ten, out of ten. Because to get lucky with speculation, well, I just kind of spoke what I was going to say. To make speculation work, to make market timing work, getting in this, out of this, jumping class to class, asset to asset, stock to bond, you're going to have to get really lucky. And it's just not going to work out in your favor in the long run. So if someone says, hey, I don't think you need to own any bonds because we have that one Mr. Financial Peace. He tells everyone and anyone who will listen that no one needs to own bond mutual funds. And I get where he is, or bonds in general, I get where he is coming across with that because he knows that over the long term that basically stocks will be the best performing asset class. And we're just talking about like the S&P 500, like a S&P 500 index fund. And that is true. But we're not talking, when we're doing financial plans and investment plans as professionals, not radio show hosts, we're dealing with people's emotions. 
And if I take a 70-year-old, that it wouldn't matter if the guy or gal or family got a 4% return or a 14% return, they're still going to have enough income coming in from their investments and other sources to never outlive their assets. So my question to that person is, why are we striving to earn 12, 13, 14% taking all of this downside risk when we could easily achieve your goal of income needs if we earn 4 or 5%? And when you pose it like that, most people say, well, I don't want the headache. I don't want to worry about you know, the market dropping 40% like it did 11, 12 years ago. I don't want to worry about you know, the next terrorist attack or the next war we may get into that could derail things in the short. I want some downside protection because financial planning is all about reaching goals. So when you're dealing with someone's emotions, you have to take that into account. You can't just look at the numbers is what I'm saying. I don't know if I articulated that very well. But if we're just talking about numbers and we're not thinking about people and their fears and emotions, then yeah, everybody should own stocks all the time. But we are dealing with people. We are dealing with real life situations. So that is the reason why you may or may not need bonds. I tell everyone that comes into my office, I don't care if you're 25 or 95, you'd be best served if you just went out and owned an investment strategy of 100% stocks. And that doesn't mean you're not diversified, but it's just all stocks, no bonds, no real estate, no, no cash, all that stuff. And I said, the reason for that is because it's going to be the best performing asset class. But if you want that best performing asset class return, you got to be willing to accept and live with and work through and wade through and suffer through the bad times because there are no good times unless you suffer through the bad times. Now, we ain't had any market suffering in some time, but it will be back. And somebody says, well, I don't really like that suffering part. What can you do to minimize it? Got to add some bonds. How much bonds depends. Now, if you just do a, you know, do an analysis, look at a 100% stock portfolio, look at its, you know, its average return and its worst year ever, look at an 80-20 stock to bond model, a 50-50, a 60-40, look at the average return, look at the worst possible year ever going back through history and just make your own assumption going, hey, I can live with this downside risk. That's what it's all about, folks. Your investment strategy, of course, is built around your goals. But once we, we have a strategy that's built to achieve your goals, we got to start talking about, you know, how much downside are you willing to live with here? Because if you are not willing to live with the downside risk that you're taking when that day comes and the market falls and you sell everything and jump to cash, now you're not in the market to get the upside and you just shot yourself in both feet. So we're dealing with people, not robots. That's what real financial planning is about. That's what financial coaching radio is about. I tell you all the time, get a second opinion on your investments, your financial plan from an independent, the only certified financial planner. Go to JasonQualsCFP.com for more. JasonQualsCFP.com. I'm back at you right after this short break. Stick around. How much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right, 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878 
888-242-2134 or visit my website jasonqualscfp.com. Recent reports show that half of Americans don't have any of the most basic estate planning documents like a will or powers of attorney. Folks, if you're married or have children, you can't put this off any longer. Call John Baker, estate planning attorney, right now at 896-5621. As a husband, wife, mother, or father, you owe it to your loved ones to make sure your estate plan is in order. So call John Baker at 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Hi, this is Gabriel Fancher with Reliant Realty. Are you thinking about selling your home? Do you know what your home is worth? Call me at Reliant Realty to find out. 615-445-5073. That's 615-445-5073. Or go online right now and find out at www.homevalue615.com. Again, that's www.homevalue615.com. Call me at Reliant Realty. 615-445-5073. If you're not waking up to the Wake Up Crew, here's what you've been missing. It's a hodgepodge. Hodgepodge of information. Mismatch. You know, this show is about information. Somewhat. Sounds like it's more about hodgepodge. <laughs> Waking you up with news, traffic, weather, and fun. Yep, that's what we're working with this morning. <laughs> don't miss the Wake Up Crew with John, Brian, and Dalton. Is he implying that we don't listen to this show? Hmm? Would you? <laughs> Weekday mornings from 6 until 7.50 here on News Radio WGNS. I'll give you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio. No books to sell, so they're not pushing any seminar tickets or financial products. I'll leave that to the other shows. We're just going to talk about real deal financial planning topics to help you make better money decisions. If you want to jump in and be a part of the show, you can click email the show at financialcoachingradio.com. Questions about anything relating to personal finance. If you're looking to learn more about me, your host, go to Jason Qualls. CFP.com, Jason Qualls, CFP.com. Perusing this article that was going to let me know how to manage, how, how to successfully manage my 401k. And here are some of the things. Contribute at least 15%. Well, yeah, I don't know if that's part of management. That's more of financial discipline. But yeah, if you put 15% away for retirement, you can be all right, depending on how late you start. Don't stop contributing. That's pretty good advice. What about always make sure you collect the entire company match? You know, it is free money, and it's one of those things that it's very hard to argue with. It kind of derails a lot of financial or makes a lot of financial planning decisions with debt and other things uh, very difficult. Because if I'm putting in 6% uh, of my pay and my employer is matching me 6%, I'm getting free money. I'm doubling my money. It's hard to beat, so make sure you are getting your company match. Consider making Roth 401k contributions. This is going to be tailored specifically to you. Not everyone needs to have a max loaded big old Roth IRA. Some people need a large one. It all depends on what type of taxable income you're going to have at retirement. So just don't think that you need all of your income to be tax free, quote unquote, because you don't, because we have something called a standard exemption. And this, which is now $24,000 for a married couple. And that means you can make $24,000 of taxable income and not pay tax because you're going to get the write-off of the standard deduction. Uh, what else is on the list of how to successfully manage 401k? Get help with your investment allocations. I concur 100,000% with that. 
Too many people are going at this blind, and they have no idea how to invest their 401k. Get professional help. It's not that difficult. And if you don't want to get professional help, one of the things that I like the best, and this is not every 401k. Some 401ks just flat out stink. They do. Look, if you're an employer out there, HR person, don't set up with your employees a high-cost 401k plan. You owe them more than that. Just because your financial sales hack job set up your 401k plan for you, and he's also your advisor, doesn't mean it's a good plan. Get it evaluated. Do right by your people and set up a low-cost plan. But I love target date funds. Target date funds with Vanguard or Fidelity. T. Rowe Price. You know, they're, they have a, you have a retirement date in the future you're trying to hit, you know, 30 years from now, 20 years from now, and you pick a target date mutual fund that kind of corresponds with that year you're wanting to retire, and you get a wham, bam, thank you, automatically diversified portfolio. Is it the best allocation in the world? It all depends on who you're with. Is it always going to be the best option? Probably not. But what it does is keep you from making any huge mistakes of going out and looking at a list of mutual funds and picking three or four of them based on track record. And you end up with one emerging markets fund, one you know large cap, actively managed, high cost mutual fund. And there's no strategy. There's no purpose. There's no point to it. You're taking too much risk, paying too much cost. Those things are avoided when you use a target date fund. So think about that as well. Some of the other things on the list when successfully managing a 401k, rebalance, you don't have to rebalance if you have a target date date fund. Don't take loans, concur with that one. Sometimes a loan is a good idea, depending on where else you're borrowing money. Don't roll over, <laughs> this is stupid. It says don't roll over your account to an IRA. What the hell are you supposed to do with it? <laughs> It all depends. Look, this is the always and nevers I tell you about. Sometimes it's a good idea to roll your old 401k into your new 401k. Sometimes it's a good idea to um, move it to an IRA. It all depends. It all depends. Get good advice from someone who's not selling anything. An independent, fee-only certified financial planner. I'm one of the only independent, fee-only CFPs in this area. Go to JasonQualsCFP.com for more. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Online is all the shows, past shows, listed by date, by main topic. Don't forget, you can listen anytime, anywhere. Just got to go to the website, financialcoachingradio.com. I'm Jason Qualls, and I'm back with you right after this. Would you like your business to be more efficient? Well-organized financial records are the foundation of any successful business. Taking advantage over your competition today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. They can provide you with expert bookkeeping, payroll services, tax planning, and much, much more. Go to thwcpa.com or call them at 848-1072 today. Hi, this is Gabriel Fancher. Whether you're thinking about buying or selling a home, I can help. Buyer opportunities are better than ever. So call me at Reliant Realty to find out more. 615-445-5073. Real estate is a key to building long-term wealth. So ask for me, Gabriel Fancher, when you call 615-445-5073 or online at mt615.com. Again, that's mt615.com. 615-445-5073 for all your real estate needs. Between car payments, repairs, and the price at the pump, it can feel like your car is going to drive you out of house and home. 
Fortunately, Donegal Insurance Group can make keeping your car on the road more affordable. That's because for safe drivers, Donegal delivers rates that are among the lowest in the state. To find out how much you can save, call your neighborhood Donegal agent today. To save on your auto insurance, call us at Middle Tennessee Insurance Group at 615-898-0053. Coaching Radio is with you every Monday through Friday at 4 o'clock right here on WGNS online. As always, at financialcoachingradio.com. That's the place to listen to the show anytime, anywhere, because that's where all the podcasts are. I know you're a podcaster. I know you want to catch the show when you can't miss it, or when you do miss it, I should say, because look, it's hard to be in your car every day at 4 o'clock, right? Some of you work a little earlier, a little later. It's hard to catch the live show. Don't worry, the podcasts are there. Again, archives at financialcoachingradio.com. You can also go to jasonqualscfp.com. That's where all the info is about what I do, how I do it, why I'm a little bit different than most advisors in the area. And I shouldn't even say a little bit because I'm a lot different. Now, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be me. You don't have to hire me, but I strongly encourage all of you who have not done so yet, get a second opinion on your investments, your financial plan from an advisor who is fee only, who is a certified financial planner. You might be shocked at what you discover in that second opinion because a lot of advisors, a lot more than you think, are really just salespeople. Their agenda is more about them and what they can make more so than what's best for you. That's why I tell you to hire the right type of advisor. Jason Qualls, CFP.com. I'm out of here for today. I appreciate you listening. I'll be back at you next time. All you got to do is stay tuned. More talk radio on the way right here on WGNS. I'll see you next time. <laughs>